KYA is sponsored by TBR, Book Riot subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. Stuck at home with nothing to read and unable to browse the bookstore? Let us help. Tell TBR about your reading preferences and what you're looking for, and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine, so you can treat your shelf and support an indie too. Visit mytbr.co to sign up. That's mytbr.co. Welcome to HeyYA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, HeyYA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. HeyYA is a book riot podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith, and we are recording on Friday, April 24th, 2020, which could also be, you know, Friday, March 24th, 2020. It could be, you know, 1999 for all we know. Uh, like Smarch, you know, just a, a month that doesn't exist. Blur's Day and, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at. How about you? Uh, you know, I'm here doing my thing, working, hanging out with my baby a lot. It's uh, it's not that bad. Mm-mm. How's the reading life going? Ah, uh, you know, I'm still not reading that much, and I, I just don't feel like that's going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still poking away at Emily Duncan's Wicked Gods, which is making me really happy because I've been waiting for that sequel forever. But it's a really chunky book, and I only have so much time uh, before I need to pass out due to juggling the toddler and work and everything else. But one book I'm, I'm nearly finished with, so so I guess I am doing some reading if I'm <laughs> nearly done with a book, is The Unkindness of... Unkindness, no. The Kindness <laughs> of Anne by Jeff Garvin. Uh, unkindness is um, Cat Howard. Mm-hmm. So it's this, uh, it's this really lovely book that digs into mental health and magic, but not in the way you think. It's not a fantasy novel, but a, a contemporary novel about a teen girl trying to get her uh, disgraced magician father back in the game after he's embarrassed himself during a trick and, and crashed his own career. She wants to, to relaunch his career so they can afford their meds. Mm-hmm. And I just really like this. It's like a very quiet novel with just this really interesting hook with the, the adult magician father and the whole theme of a kid having to parent the parent a little bit and, you know, what it means to, uh, I don't know, like, like be an ally to someone who's, who's wrestling with mental health, you know, cause like maybe the father doesn't want this help. And I just, ah, it's so good. I, I really, really like it. I hope more people pick it up because it's one of those books that is published during this time, you know, and it, I know it's hard to get attention right now. And I also got a copy of Noelle Stevenson's memoir, The Fire Never Goes Out. I didn't even know this book came out. I, I don't know how I missed this. I haven't really dug into it much, but I'm really excited that I have it now because I love Nimona and I loved Lumberjanes and just every like Tumblr image she's ever done that's brought me joy, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, check it out. It's like little essays and little comics. Yeah, what about you? What are you here now that I've lied and said I'm not reading when I'm actually reading? <laughs> what are you, what are you uh, reading? So I've actually been reading quite a bit. It's definitely harder to read. And I think my reading is more fractured than it usually is. Like I can go a chapter or two and then I quit rather than like being able to sit for an hour or two straight and read. And um even though there's nothing else to do, like I can't yeah. can't put all that focus completely in. 
but I, I'm in a better place than a lot of people because I can read. So mm-hmm. I read Warren's Speech by Don Zelitis, which I oh. loved. Oh, it was so good. So funny. I need to read that. That like book is like made for me. I need yeah. to. Yeah. You know, I have the arc. That's it. I'm going to, that's going to be my next one. Yeah. So the, the premise is a new girl at a performing arts school decides to take down the speech and debate team from the inside. There are reasons for it. And ultimately, it kind of turns out she has a reason to do it. But the way she does it isn't exactly great. I'm a little wishy-washy on it because it's kind of, it's one of those books that's really complex and yet really funny. And you're like, hmm, I kind of don't like this main character. And yet she has a point too, which was great. And then I started Parachutes by Kelly Yang last night. Mm -hmm. And I'm loving it so far. But again, I can only read in like short bursts. I'm about 50 pages in and it's a, it's a big book. It's like a 400 page book. And I'm listening to George M. Johnson's All Boys Aren't Blue on audio, Yay. which is one of your authors, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I worked on this book. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I am really digging it. And I think that this would be a really great one to pair with Jason Reynolds and Ibram Kendi stamped, especially on audio. Those two back to back on audio would just be like mind-blowingly good. Awesome. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's it's going along. Not as much as, as I wish, but I'm not going to, you know, be mad that it's happening. So. Also, you mentioning audio reminded me that I, I got... We ride on sticks mm. book that, that you saw, and I haven't started it yet. Now oh. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I think I'm just gonna like lay in bed later while I'm, you know, letting stress overwhelm me, and and listen to that to to you know feel a little better. I mean, that's one plus of audiobooks is you can literally just listen to them and lay in bed. You know, yeah. like you don't have to be conscious of reading a thing. Yeah, let's uh, let's hit our first sponsor and then dive into our show. This is an Hooray. interesting interesting set of topics. We. <laughs> today (laughs) so our first sponsor is sword in the stars by Corey mccarthy and amy rose capetta published by jimmy patterson books this is the epic sequel to once in future where ari and her rainbow knights must pull off a holy grail heist thousands of years in the past without destroying their own destinies Ari and her cursed wizard Merlin must travel back in time to the unenlightened Middle Ages and steal King Arthur's Grail, the very definition of impossible. It's imperative that the time travelers not skew the timeline and alter the course of history. Coming face to face with the original Arthurian legend could produce a ripple effect that changes everything. That sounds fun. Oh, yeah. That is Sword in the Stars by Corey McCarthy and Amy Rose Capetta. Published by Jimmy Patterson Books. Thanks for sponsoring the show. Yeah, and speaking of stars, Kelly. <laughs> let me see. So this episode's going to publish, what, like May 6th, maybe? May 5th? No, like April 30, 27th, 8th, 9th, oh. something. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> then in that case, I know May 4th is coming up. Uh, which is, you know, traditionally observed as Star Wars Day. May the Fourth be with you, and all that good stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I thought it might be fun to talk about Star Wars novels in the YA space, sort of coming out now, and you know, so that you can read all year long. Yes. Tell me, how do you feel about Star Wars uh, YA books, though? <laughs> I don't have a lot of feelings about them, in part because, like, Star Wars is not my thing, which doesn't mean I don't understand it or like why people love it but it's just like it's not a thing that has ever really 
stuck with me and I and I have seen the films. But I do one thing I do love is that with these novels, they're becoming way more inclusive and really yes. expanding this world in ways that I think are so beneficial for the franchise itself and also for YA. Like it's rad there's so many of these books out there by these authors that are superstars in YA, as well as these authors yeah. that are like getting their stardom from writing Star Wars. It's also wild seeing people get kind of up in arms about the mm. inclusivity in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing some some troll coming after Daniel Older being like, what's next? There's going to be dinosaurs in Star Wars? And like people were like responding like, there are dinosaurs in Star Wars. Here's a bunch of <laughs> here's some links to comics that feature dinosaurs in Star Wars. Uh, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm all about it. I, I love the Star Wars books. Um, and I love... Uh, just media tie-in novels in general. Uh, as someone who grew up reading Magic the Gathering novels and like inhaling tie-in books for games, like uh, I've read a bunch of the Halo books. I read the the Gears of War novels only a few years ago. Um, Starcraft books. Yeah, I read a lot of them. Uh, they make me excited, make me happy, and I feel like they build the story up even more for universes you already love. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like when I was playing lots of Magic the Gathering as a kid, I was definitely reading a lot less. Um, not because of magic, you know, in case my mom is listening, I don't want her to feel like she won that argument. But because the books I was given as a kid and a high schooler, you know, they were they were pretty terrible. You know, like we were getting like copies of 1984 that came out in 1984. Like we weren't getting the most high quality books sure. in my in my unfortunate school. Um, so I'm glad that there's so many of these books because you know they get uh, kids like me back into reading. I think. For sure. Yeah, I I think that these books are especially great for the readers who sometimes aren't tempted to just pick up a book on their own. Like yeah, this is yeah. their way of like, hey, I want more Star Wars. And it's like, let me take you to the multiple shelves of Star Wars books. And, you know, like they're well written, they're immersive stories. So it's like you get a kid reading and that's awesome. I'm going to let you take the lead on this because you have way more knowledge of these books but i'll pop in with how this is going to continue because this is not like a one-off fad like it's a it's a thing that's going to continue and has been around for quite a long time yes keep them coming like i remember just a uh and i know we talked about it on the podcast like briefly like two months ago when they they announced that project luminous Mm -hmm. star wars thing and it was like daniel oler justina ireland just all these like rock stars of kidlet writing star wars canon novels Ugh. So excited. Um, let me see. What was my first one I want to recommend? Oh, so it's uh, A Crash of Fate by Zoraida Cordova. Um, so I loved Zoraida's first Star Wars book um, because it has such a great like YA catnip hook. Um, we have one kid that grows up to be a smuggler to escape their planet. Um, the other who stays behind, a farmer, much like their parents. Both sort of living the lives they've wanted and chosen. Only maybe things didn't turn out perfect for them. Maybe one wants a bit more excitement and the other one a bit more normalcy. And they get to figure out that all out. When the smuggler comes home, the two of them are on the run, and maybe there's feelings happening. Izzy and Jules are great. Like, I want Disney Plus to give these two a movie. Like, <laughs> please. And there are other books set in the Galaxy's Edge series, too. There's uh, one by personal favorite Delilah S. Dawson uh, called Black Spire. And I'm pretty sure that one's adult as opposed to YA. And yeah, Galaxy's Edge is like a whole, it's like a whole section of like theme park in like the, the Star Wars, what is it? The Star Wars theme park? I don't know. It's like, there's this whole, <laughs> there's this whole area called uh, Galaxy's Edge where you can actually like see these characters. It's, 
it's really interesting how they're they're tying in just not TV and and movies to the books, but also places you can visit. <laughs> I love that so much. And that's a uh, a crash of fate by Zoraida Cordova. Uh, do you want to do you want to just keep on going, and I'll pop in at the end? And Ooh, yeah, yeah, I love yeah. That. sure. So uh, more in the Star Wars books universe is a. Uh, Asaka by E.K. Johnson, and I know if I mispronounce that, Star Wars fans will come for me. My Twitter name is Eric Smith Rocks. <laughs> but I feel like you can't talk about the Star Wars YA books without bringing up E.K. Johnson, who I know is a hey, why favorite of yours, Kelly? Um, this isn't one I've read, but I remember it being absolutely everywhere when it hit three years ago because it like debuted on the New York Times bestseller yeah. list. It was just all over the place. And it tells readers what happened to the character when she leaves the Jedi Order at the end of Clone Wars uh, and reappears later down the line. Uh, what gets her to the Rebel Alliance? What happened in those sort of in-between moments? Well, here you go. Okay, Johnson also has another Star Wars book out, uh, the Queen Shadow novel, uh, and the upcoming Queen's Peril, which is the sequel. And those covers are just stunning. Uh, next up on my list is Rebel Rising by Beth Revis. Uh, and this particular Star War uh, was one I was, I love saying it like that because of Arrested Development <laughs> reasons. This particular Star War. <laughs> yeah, this Star War. Um, this was one I was really excited about uh, after seeing Rogue One, which I think is the best movie in the Star Wars franchise. And again, you know, come say hi to me on Twitter. You can all fight me. But in Rebel Rising, we get to spend more time with Jin and witness her growth uh, before the movie. You know, she loses her parents. She's taken under the wing by Saw, the general you remember from the movie, uh, and has to figure out, you know, what her path is going to be. If you saw the movie, well, you know, the answer is there. Uh, but it's just so exciting to see where the book takes her um, and fully develops her as a character that you really only get to spend one movie with. Um, and that's Rebel Rising by Beth Revis. And then I wanted to talk about, um, from a certain point of view, the anthology that came out. Um, I know this is technically not a YA novel, but like, isn't Star Wars just a giant <laughs> YA novel? So I, I think it gets a pass here. Anyhow, this anthology pulls together 40 stories from all kinds of authors uh, inspired by A New Hope. And just has so many huge YA heavy hitters that we all know and love. Renee Adi is in here, Sabata here, Ray Carson, uh, Daniel Jose Older, Elizabeth Wine. The list goes on and on. And I feel like it's such a must for your your YA bookshelf. Um, I'm pretty sure Zoraida Cordova is in this one too. And like we haven't gotten like a Star War from Sabata here, but like, <laughs> can you imagine? Oh my god, I I would absolutely love that. Like, I just want them to pluck all these different authors from this anthology and just give them their own Star Wars novel. Um, Yes, please. And that is, from a certain point of view, uh, the anthology. You know what I love is that in addition to like knowing who these authors are, you also get to see these authors geek out on this fandom that the oh, readers yeah. have, right? So it's like there's this bigger piece of it being this really uniting force pop culturally. Like your favorite YA author also loves this, you know, series and is writing these books and you know, they're not fan fiction, but it's like being part of this big fandom community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had mentioned Project Lumos, and that was what I was going to talk about. Oh, yeah. Dig into it more. Yeah. For listeners who haven't seen this, it was announced maybe early last month. Time again, Construct, so I don't know. <laughs> but it's a project with Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose Older, and a bunch more authors, which... Um, includes three books and two comics, and the story is set two centuries before The Phantom Menace, and they're all interconnected. So it's a bit of a throwback to what Lucasfilms was doing with similar projects in the 80s and 90s. So these are all canon. 
And I think it's just fascinating that like these trendy things that they've done in the past with creating these like worlds, right? And interconnected stories can continue in a whole new generation. And I feel like this generation of writers reflects the generation of readers and the generation of Star Wars fans. Like it's far more inclusive and it's novels as well as graphic novels, which is, I just think it's really rad that they're, they're doing that. Oh yeah. I know we have talked about franchise novels before, and I think what fascinates me is which ones end up having really long lives. Like the Star Wars ones do, but then there's some that don't seem to make as huge a splash as others. For example, there were a couple of Buffy books that came out not too long ago, but I don't know Mm. if they did anything. At least not as much as like Kirsten White's Slayer series, which was inspired by Buffy and has done really, really well. Back in the 90s, I feel like franchise novels were huge, like you had alluded to growing up with. And I remember seeing them all the time uh, growing up. Like there were some Carmen Sandiego ones. And it's fascinating to see them come back into fashion. Like there uh, are a few new graphic novels and the book Who in the World is Carmen Sandiego by Rebecca Mm. Tinker, which uh, has an introduction by Gina Rodriguez. So it's like that series came back and it was inspired by the Netflix series. And I think that there are a couple more books coming in that one, too. And then there's the Riverdale novels by Nicole Asto, which I'll tie into the Riverdale series. There's uh, Caleb Roaring, one of your favorites, did yeah. a spinoff novel in the world, too. But this one with a horror twist, and that's a, a werewolf in Riverdale. And then there's the Sabrina tie-in novels by Sarah Reese Brennan. I thought I had down to, oh, yeah, Stranger Things. Uh, Brenna Yovanoff did a Stranger Things novel and you know what's fascinating is like i was doing my research and writing these down they're all netflix tie-ins which is fascinating because i think that netflix is just much more accessible to teen viewers than say going to the movies might be Mm -hmm. clearly they're it's not accessible to everybody but i think that there's this opportunity to like seize these stories that young people can actually see more easily and and then create these tie-ins with the books so um and again like with the star wars ones big names and again it feels like you're connecting with a favorite author on this story that you already love that you get to watch yeah it's so funny you were talking about like uh, the big name books and the big name franchises and netflix because i I keep thinking about the 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 x-files why in time that we got a couple years ago and like I loved them. the The one that Cami Garcia did with about um about Scaldi was just oh my god, so 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 good. Um, and I wanted to see more, and I'm I'm kind of bummed they didn't keep going. I wonder, like thinking about the X Files ones and thinking about the Buffy ones, if maybe the market was just not right. Like they're going for the teens, whereas mm. it's probably not. I don't, I don't want to say teens don't watch those because they certainly do, but maybe not as much as people our age who kind of yeah, yeah. grew up with them. It's hard to say. Yeah. And maybe like Riverdale books and Star Wars books have that, that bigger crossover, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Could be. And and also maybe too, they've just they've had longer lives. They've been around for a long time and have just reinvented themselves. It's like Carmen San Diego's been around for a long time. Um yeah. Riverdale has been around for a long time. <laughs> just a little differently. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I remember the Archie comics that I would read in like when I was like eight. Went and get my hair cut at like my dad's barbershop. Mm. And like those are a little different than like Riverdale yeah. 
on the CW, like a little, little, little different. <laughs> well, and Sabrina too, like Sabrina, the teenage witch, um, growing up, you know, was not this dark, scary, um, story that the Netflix one is. Yeah. I just read a really fascinating, or listened to it, um, a really fascinating book. And now I'm so mad that I can't remember the title. I want to say it's like season of the witch and it's all about the history of witches in pop culture and, the discussion on Sabrina in there was fascinating. I'll put the title in the uh, show notes. I think it's Season of the Witch and the author, Pam Grossman, maybe. Oh. She does a podcast on witches is like what I can remember. So somebody listening is screaming it at me right now. And I'm sorry, but I'll put it in the notes. So anyway, so that's that was on my mind thinking about the tie-ins too. I was like, oh yeah, there's been that evolution too. And just like how the story's told and how many different ways a story can be told and yet still remain true to like the core of what it is. All right. So shall we jump into our next sponsor as we keep pushing ahead? Yeah, go for it. All right. So our next sponsor is Book Riot Insiders, the digital hangout spot for the Book Riot community. Uh, in which you're reading life while you're stuck at home with our new Book Riot Insiders perks. We've got three levels to Insiders, short story, novel, and a brand new epic level. And you could try out any level for free for two weeks. The highlight is our new group read hosted online, available to all Epic members, and there's no cap on Epic, so the more, the merrier. Each quarter we'll read a book, voted on by Epic subscribers, that will fulfill at least one task of the 2020 Read Harder Challenge, and cap off our read-along with a live chat. But wait, there's more! Get the full details on this and all the other perks, and sign up at insiders.bookriot.com. Do you know what the world needs right now? I I have a good idea. I think we need... (laughs) <laughs> I think we're both like are we gonna say it we need books that feel like hugs uh, right yes <laughs> those hug those huggable books those huggable books I have really discovered that during this uh everything going on right now so much of what brings me comfort is stuff that I really enjoyed in my youth it's something about the familiarity that is really making me happy. And I think too, um, humor has been super helpful for me. And anyone who listened to the last episode of Hey YA Extra Credit knows humor has been great. It's like what I can think about right now in terms of reading. So we're going to talk about feel good books. And I'm just noting that I'm not going to talk about some of my favorites, including Susan Juby and Maureen Goo, because I talked about them in the Extra Credit episode. But that doesn't change the fact that they are super feel good reads. Oh, yeah. What about you? Like what? What is feel good reading to you? Ah, it's just like I don't I don't want to say like low stakes books because you know like uh, whether or not someone's gonna you know get the boy or get the girl or, or you know whatever whatever the case is in in the novel like those are still high stakes for those characters right mm-hmm. like those are yeah. those are the world ending stakes for them but I just I just I want a book that's gonna make me laugh a bunch maybe cringe a little but in that sort of way where I know things might be okay ah. You know, something that just feels a little, a little wholesome. You know, like the characters are cinnamon rolls, just trying to get along. <laughs> That's what the feel-good books are for me. Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Yeah, I can start. Go I feel like it. you have more here than than I do. And yeah, I feel like every Y extra credit episode I've recorded during this time has had me mostly talking about fluffy and warm books. Um, so I'm going to try to pick some that I haven't talked about yet. 
One of which is uh, I'm Not Your Manic Pixie Dream Girl by mm-hmm. Gretchen McNeil. Like, I feel like this is one I haven't brought up on here before. And it's one of, like, the underrated books in McNeil's, like, wonderful catalog of books. Because, like, you know, a lot of her books are, like, awesome murder books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I love them. Uh, and this one, we have this fun sort of romance novel. Um, it's about a teen who is destined for MIT that creates a formula that she thinks is going to guarantee her social popularity and joy in high school. and like. We all know when this happens, when, like, a character invents a formula or, like, a a chemical compound, you know, hijinks ensue and things don't go uh, quite the way they want. Uh, And she turns herself into the oft-cliched manic pixie dream girl kind of character. So there's a lot of romance and heartbreak, and it's just, like, a a really fun and wonderful book that plays with a trope that I I, I personally love so much, you know? I'm a a big Scott Pilgrim versus the world fan. Same! Same, same. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun to see like a book that's like a commentary on that kind of character, but in this really fun sort of quirky way. I met Gretchen earlier this year at a um, book festival. I think oh, about cool. that book festival a lot because I'm like, hmm, that's probably the last book festival for a long time I'll ever be yeah. at. And um, it was great because she she does she and um, we did a jail visit together and. Talking with the teens, they were so awesome because they loved her books. She didn't really oh, talk God. about the Manic Pixie Dream Girl one because she's like, these kids want to know about the murder books. <laughs> <laughs> and they they did. They Just like the passion they had for reading those books and um, begging her for more was just awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. My uh, first pick is When Dimple Met Rishi by Sylvia Menon. And I just adored this debut rom-com. But a girl who attends a summer camp for aspiring web developers and finds herself being followed by a boy who seems obsessed with her and insists <laughs> they're meant to be together. She is not convinced, nor is she interested, but he persists and it all comes out in the end about why he's being the way he is and how it ties into Dimple's parents. I loved that Dimple was into web development in STEM and that Rishi was really smitten with her. The voices in this one are really great um, and done in third person. So they're really quite distant. I just saw a conversation on Twitter this week that I haven't been able to stop thinking about. And it was about how much trouble some people are having reading YA because so many are present tense and it feels way too close right now. And I hadn't thought about that, but like this book is third person and I really liked it, I think because I was distant from it. Mm -hmm. So this one, the situations are less about convenience and more about uh, cultural beliefs clashing with contemporary American teen culture. And um, when you finish this book, there are two more set in this world. They're interconnected, but you don't have to read them in order, which is, of course, the only way I can read series books. I feel like I saw a box set for this listed the other day and was yeah. referred to as like the Dimple verse, and I oh. love that so much. <laughs> I love that. And that is When Dimple Met Rishi by Cindy Menon. All right. My next one is uh, My So Called Bollywood Life by Misha Sharma. Um, so, like, I'm a sucker for any way that has a tie into a summer camp. I mean, we just, we just talked about one <laughs> as someone who taught at one uh, from my teens through my 20s. That's my favorite place for these kind of stories. Um, And this one doesn't necessarily take place at the summer camp. It's about a teen who returns home from film camp to discover that her long-term boyfriend of three years and a, man, like a three-year relationship in teen years is like 47 years in like adult time. That's a long time. She discovers this boyfriend is now hooking up with someone else. Um, And as someone who's so wildly passionate about film and Bollywood movies, 
she knows this isn't how things are supposed to end for her. Uh, it makes a plan uh, to get things fixed using all the lessons she's learned in these uh, in these kind of movies. And this one is just so much fun. I think this one's a Rita in the YA category nominee, I think. Uh, I might be making that up. But, um, but it's great. It's a really fun romance. And that is uh, My So-Called Bollywood Life by Nisha Sharma. My next pick is going to get me fired from a YA show because it's a middle grade book. (laughs) I know. I'm doing the thing you like to do. (laughs) It's We Dream of Space by Erin Entrada Kelly. And this one comes out May 5th. So you'll have to wait a week for it. But uh, I just read it and I read it at precisely the right time. It's a, a story of three siblings who are all in the same grade. They're all in seventh grade. Two because they're twins, and the third because he's unable to to pass. Each character in the book gets their own voice here, and it's a slice-of-life book set in January of 1986 in the moments prior to, during, and immediately after the Challenger launch. And it's this book about dreams, about a family that's falling apart, and about the love and respect that these siblings have and find for one another. This isn't a light book in content, obviously, but it really did make me feel great reading because Erin and Trotta Kelly's writing is just really, really satisfying. And it's written in that third person again. And I just, I find her books so immersive and engaging. And this one, like I sat down and read cover to cover, um, obviously having to stop a couple of times because I can't do that, but I... <laughs> I didn't want to stop um, because I was so engaged in it. And again, it's middle grade, but why readers, I think, will love it. It's very sophisticated. It's very literary, but also like these kids are seventh graders and you're just thinking like all of that stuff that happens to you when you're in seventh grade. Like she just nails it. And that is We Dream of Space by Erin Entrada Kelly. Yay. Let's see. Um, let me do some quick little rapid fire wreck because <laughs> uh, I know you have some good ones here. So I want to do a quick shout out to uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue here by Casey McQuiston. Um, I know it's not YA, that it's sort of in that new adult uh, adult space, but whatever. Read it. It's this like soothing bomb that will make you very happy. And then I know I've talked about Lauren Morrill and Amy Spaulding like a million times on here. I feel like we both do. But just want to give you a quick starter pack to maybe pick up The Trouble of Destiny by Lauren Morrill uh, and The New Guy uh, by Amy Spaulding, which I think is I think is me and Kelly's favorite novel by her. The passive-aggressive dog-walking is a thing of legend. Yeah, so some rapid-fire picks for me really quick before uh, Kelly digs into the rest of hers. Yeah, I've got a few more. I was going to say three more, but two of them are series, so they're actually a lot more than that. The first one is one from, like, my own growing up, and that is the Sloppy First Jessica Darling series by Megan McCafferty. Sloppy First is the first book, and then the series itself is called the Jessica Darling series, and I think when I have a chunk of time that I don't need to read other books during, I mm-hmm. am going to revisit the series because I think about it all the time. It's five books and they follow a girl named Jessica Darling who is missing her best friend. Her best friend's moved away and um, she's moved away from their average New Jersey town and she's falling hard for this boy named Marcus. And the five books follow Jessica throughout different phases of her life. So high school, and then when she goes to college, and then when she finishes college. And she, um, for me, was just like super relatable. Our situations were never the same, but her voice just like 
connected with me really deeply. And um, I've had a lot of comfort reading these because I read them exactly at that moment in my own life. So I read Sloppy First when I was, you know, just starting high school. And then the fifth book, Perfect Fifths, I think is what it's called, came out right when I had finished grad school and I was like looking for my first full-time job. And that's what that book is about. This is one of those book series that I've been really, I don't know, I think about it a lot. And the um, series also had a, a middle grade, I think it was two books, middle grade books, uh, Jessica Darnley's It List. And those were adapted into a Netflix show. The Netflix show is great. And um, I watched that when it came out, I want to say a year or two ago, and just like really captures the feeling of that whole series. And whenever I think about like feel good reads, I think about that series. And I know that a lot of YA fans my age kind of have similar feelings to this particular series. And yeah, I, I want to revisit it. And I want to revisit it because McCafferty has a new book coming out for YA readers uh, this summer called The Mall. And it's set in the 1990s in a mall, which sounds fabulous. And that is the the sloppy first is the first book in the series, the Jessica Darling series by Megan McCafferty. The uh, next series I wanted to highlight is the Bookish Boyfriend series by Tiffany Schmidt. I've loved this series so much, which mashes up classics in each book and makes them something entirely, entirely fresh. So the premise is imagining that your bookish crush suddenly comes alive and was in your life. The first book was called uh, Date with Darcy, and it mashed up Pride and Prejudice with Romeo and Juliet. The second book called The Boy Next Door mashes up Little Women and The Great Gatsby. And then the third book, which comes out in May, is called Talk Nerdy to Me. And it mashes up Frankenstein <laughs> with Anne of Green Gables. Doesn't matter if you know the classics or not. Uh, this is a series about a family of sisters that is just, it's fun, it's light, and it's super clever. I love all the girls in the stories and seeing how the literary tie-ins work. It's just enjoyable, like spotting them throughout. And that's the Bookish Boyfriend series. And then I wanted to end with a book I haven't read. Like, how could a book be a comfort read if you haven't read it, Kelly? Well, the answer is I was on a panel with this particular author and listening to her talk about this book makes me so mad at myself for not having read it yet. It's called Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn. And um, I'm just going to read the little blip because it sounds amazing. Um, Alice had her whole summer planned, nonstop, all-you-can-eat buffets while marathoning her favorite TV shows, best friends totally included, with the smallest dash of adulting, working at the library to pay her share of the rent. The only thing missing from her perfect plan? Her girlfriend, who ended things when Alice confessed she's asexual. Alice is done with dating. No, thank you. Do not pass go. Stick a fork in her. Done. <laughs> but then Alice meets Takumi and she can't stop thinking about him or the rom-com grade romance feels she did not ask for. Uncertainty, butterflies, and swoons. Oh, my. When her blissful <laughs> summer takes an unexpected turn, Takumi becomes her knight with shiny library employee badge. Close enough. Alice has to decide if she's willing to risk their friendship for a love that might not be reciprocated or understood. This sounds like so much Aww. fun and swoony yeah. and sweet. And that is Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn. And those were the feels I got from her as an author being on that panel and listening to her talk about her books in ways that just like made me feel good to hear, you know? Like, yeah. I really do think that there's something to be said. Like, you get your feel good from a person and how it is they talk about their work. And you're like, I just want to read that because I know it's going to make me feel feel good. 
I think I think that's our show. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Lots of good wrecks, some Star Wars, some Spoony books. Yeah, like we're a little all over, but in a good way. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you have any feedback about the show, go ahead and leave that on Apple Podcasts. It lets us know how we're doing and it lets other people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. You can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Instagram as Hey Kelly Jensen, and you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks, and he really wants you to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.